Animated, the anime watch-along podcast with the hosts of Get Played. I'm self-proclaimed prison-style bunk bed, Heather Ann Campbell. I'm self-proclaimed bullet made of pure muscle, Nick Weiger. And I'm self-proclaimed Captain Panic, Matt Apodaca. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the premiere anime podcast where we're talking about Blue Lock, the sports anime that's more of a like a fighting anime, but also is a sports anime, but it's also a little bit of Squid Game about uh, a bunch of kids who are locked into a facility trying to become the greatest striker, soccer striker in Japan. They say the thesis of the show in the first episode we're discussing today, mm. in episode 13. One of the characters literally says, you still think this is soccer, but it's combat. Yes. Yep. That's the truth. It is it, combat. Yeah. And it's Incredible. also it's also a show about bros. It's a, it's a, it is it is a show about bros for sure. Uh -huh. There's a lot of bros. None of none. Of, that's it. But you know, talking about war movie tropes, so often that's what. Hey, here's our platoon. Let's learn all these different platoon members. Mm -hmm. Oh wait, they're gonna disappear one by one due to the scourge of the battlefield. That's it's right. Like, it's like a game of Fortnite. Mm -hmm. In what way? Uh, there's anime characters running around. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, we have a couple of big episodes of Blue Lock to discuss today. But before we get into that, first up, we got to ask the question we always ask. Uh, what other media have we been consuming? What other media have we been consuming? That's not. That's oh, actually not the question. Ash. I was going to say like a more general version of the question and then restate it yeah. with the segment name, which is what we've been weebin'. What? What we've been weebin'. Hi, I'm Ash Ketchum, Pokemon Master, and I'm here to ask you, what other media have you been consuming? Here's the I, thing about Ash. Yeah. I love the get up and go. I love it. Just get just getting right to business. Yeah. No other nonsense. I do I do wish that we'd landed on the catchphrase there on the segment name, you know. But I guess uh guess Ash had to, to motor. What what anime and or video game content are you adjacently enjoying? Okay. Um I feels, answer the that, question, that you in, fucking piece of shit. Yeah, this oh, feels shit. intentional. Intentionally aggro. Uh, Ash, are you okay? Out. Yeah. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm I'm getting swole. Oh, oh, okay. So wait, I, I have to. I this is a rude question. Yeah. Are you taking, perhaps a supplement? I'm taking to... some. I'm taking some supplements. You know, now that Pikachu and I have a bunch of free time because I'm no longer on the show. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm getting I'm fucking shit up. Oh wow. Okay. Boy. So. I mean, I can, what kinds of supplements can, are you taking? Yeah. I can deadlift 250. I'm aiming for 450. I mean, that's a lot. That's, that's like a that's, that's, that's like, like a, a competitive power lifter. Yeah, level. Yeah, but Machoke is a good point of reference there. I'm a choke you, you piece of shit. Holy okay, this, shit! This is you said supplements, which you know they makes you think of something like herbal or natural. But I'm starting to think that you're maybe just on anabolic steroids. You wanna yeah. you wanna see how hard I can shove a man? No, I don't want to see that. I, was, I don't well, want to I, be a witness to that. Well, then answer the question. What other anime content have you been consuming, either in print, or video, or sound? 
All right, Matt, you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first because I, I I'll, I'll keep it brief. Uh, because yeah, not not a, I'm not in I'm not watching a lot of new stuff right now, but I I I have caught up. I was a few issues behind on on the current run of Chainsaw Man, and I don't know if you two wow. are uh, st- still uh, still reading Chainsaw Man. I'm not uh, current, but I but yes, the new arc is fantastic. Oh man, I I, I can't. I, I decided I love the anime so much I stopped watching or reading it. It's I know I'm sort of like I'm in that spot too where I'm sort of like I wish I could be watching the anime of this because I. I can't wait to see how they pull this off, Fuck. what they're going to do, because it's it's so interesting and so um, so different than um, than the first arc. And mm. I just I can't wait to see uh, how it's represented on screen. But I've been really enjoying that. Uh, I intend to uh, pick up uh, Spy Family. But I was at I was at my local Barnes and Noble recently. And they, they were having a, a sale, a manga sale. And I was sort of like I sort of talked myself out of getting some. Because I was like, well, I have the app. I don't know if I need to buy a physical thing of something I could read in the app. But then they had some things that aren't in the app, that aren't even on Viz Media, like the the manga of uh, um, Ghost in the Shell. And it's right. like a big. It's a. It's in a big book. It's mm. like an anniversary edition book that that, yeah. is, that is bound the other way. It bound the. Or you read it the Western way, and I was sort of like, well, that'll confuse me. Hmm. Yeah, I don't mm. know if I care for that. Yeah. yeah. Strange, uh, strange choice. What do yeah. they do? Do they just flip? Do they just flip the pages? I guess they must just mirror the pages. Yeah, they, every they well, every page pages. has a every page has a a, a thin mirror attached to it too. So that you have seems to read wasteful. It. Yeah, you have to read a mirror. It's heavy. This yeah, thing. and and dangerous. Can you imagine dropping that thing? Seven years of bad luck per page. <laughs> You'd be have- fucked. I have a Ghost in the Shell compilation somewhere on this shelf, and I, I I'm not finding it right now, but it's there, wow. somewhere. Wow. They had it, it was enticing because I was like, well, I'd like to read this and watch the movie, um, mm. so I can gleam the other context that's not provided within the film. Uh, but then there's also they had the Akira set, and I was like, oh, I haven't, I don't really, I've only really scratched the surface with Akira, you know, like I only know what it's, what's in the movie, which I know is not the full story. Uh, so there's just a lot there's a lot of things I'd like to weave that I just simply haven't had the time for but I I'm curious about all of it cuz there's a lot of stuff on on various streaming mm-hmm. platforms that I'm like well I should just watch this I can just watch this if I want I was reading a I, I was actually watching a video about gaming backlogs and the paralysis mm-hmm. that comes of, of of from choice and it was just an interesting perspective and it basically landed on it had a method of doing this but it basically landed on just fucking pick something yes play it for one hour and if you if you if you're into it just play that and if after one hour it doesn't really have its teeth in you you just be like you know what that's off my backlog and I think you could take the same sort of approach with fucking deciding what manga or anime to commit with. It, like, watch one or two episodes, read one or two issues, chapters, and then be like, you know what, either this is my thing or this isn't my thing and move on with your life because you, you can't do it all. You can't. There's never, there's not enough time on Earth to see and experience all the things that you could ever want to see. Yeah. And that's just a fact. Yeah. It's bullshit. Oh, Heather thinks otherwise. No, 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 no. I, it's bullshit that we can't oh, yeah. see and watch and listen to. Like, number one thing I would do if I was a vampire is just fucking watch movies. Yeah. Like, oh, I have all these great powers. I'm well, going to sit down and I'm going to watch 
everything that Criterion owns. Everything. Yeah, it'd probably be the second thing that you'd do. Maybe even third, because first <laughs> thing you'd do would be avoid sunlight. Right. Uh, second would be drink blood. Yeah, right. sustenance. Third would be watch the movies. You still need to sleep, too, as a vamp, right? Yeah. Oh, you gotta. Yeah. So how? So you really don't free up any hours. Well, no, you. It's do just 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 the... your schedule. Well, they're not releasing. It's cumulative because yeah. you can la- you can live for a thousand oh, years. Oh, you're whatever. looking ahead to the future. I got yeah, it. Not yeah, on a yeah, per day to day basis. But yeah, think about this though, too. More things are coming out. Like media doesn't stop. So like you can sure. watch as much as you want. You can put as much of a dent. But at that same frequency, in the other direction, more things are being made. Yeah, but... you'll never really catch up. I don't think that there's like five Criterion films being released every day, right? So if I'm a vampire and I don't have the guilt and shame yeah. of like half of like sitting down and watching like four movies in a row, I see. then I would yeah. like wake up, drink blood, watch four movies, go to sleep, and that's until like I was a, caught up. And it's like mm. a more narrow focus too. Like you could yeah. do that. You could do yeah, that could. with the occur with the with the amount of time you'd want, but you wouldn't necessarily want to see every film ever made like you're not going to be revisiting if i had a power my power would be swap out things that i regret watching and reading and playing and put in memories of me doing the ones that i wanted to do hmm i feel like you always i always have some takeaway even from something that's bad hmm. so i like having that it's also like you, you get to contrast with the good experiences right that's, that's true yeah because you know. how could if everything's good how do you know yeah uh, I I think the the other thing to factor in with being a vamp is being a Dracula, if you will, is you. Uh, I don't think you need bathroom breaks, right? No, I think no. you got a shit too. No, you think you don't. still got a shit from no. drinking blood? No, vampires probably don't do. shit. Probably, no. probably piss only. No, they don't pee or poop. Yeah, I don't think either of those things happen. So that they, that's like huge I want for to a movie take watching. a piss. No. <laughs> You miss it at a certain point. <laughs> oh God, I just want to piss so bad. Yeah. Uh, Heather, what you been weaving? <laughs> uh, I am still inching my way through Gundam narrative uh, and super enjoying it. I also, I don't, have I talked about this on the, on the podcast before? So this is an iPad mini, right? Yes. Look at that thing. But look at this. Uh-huh. It is exactly that size. Oh, shit. It is exactly the size of bound manga. Mm-hmm. So as a manga consuming device, it is pretty flawless. It is sure. excellent. Um, I'm reading Kaiju number eight. I got a new uh, a new. Have I talked to you guys about Kaiju? No, no, no. It's pretty fucking good. So Kaiju number eight, as I'm holding up here in our video screen, is about a, uh, a group of contractors, government contractors who are uh, assigned the uh uh with the annihilation of kaiju that keep attacking tokyo and then one of them gets sort of uh bitten by or merged with a kaiju and becomes uh-huh. a person-sized kaiju uh that rocks. and has incredible cool. powers but has to hide them from his uh co-workers because their only job is destroying kaiju so it's like it's like if if New York City was constantly being attacked by Superman and <laughs> you were you had to like kill Superman and then one of your coworkers was also a Superman. Right. Like you'd have to keep it on the DL. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um so that's kind of the hook of the show or manga. I assume it's gonna be a show because it's really uh 
lovely. It's fun. It's good yeah. time. Good writing. Good, great action in the manga. Man, it's a crazy thing to be able to read drawings and feel energy. Yes. Like to be like, holy shit, look at that guy jump. Right. But it's but you're staring at like just a still image where nothing is changing. Those are That's my favorite art. moments in in like in Chainsaw Man where there's like no dialogue and you're just flipping through a couple of pages and you're just going, Oh, 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 oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah, I'm reading Kaiju number eight. Uh, still subscribe to uh, Gundam Ace, which is a uh, monthly anthology of Gundam comics uh, that I'm trying so hard to read like with my eyeballs. And then once in a while, we'll just hold up Google Lens and, and translate a page when I don't know what the fuck they're saying. Um, and my reading, w- reading with my eyeballs, it's really me going, Gundam. <laughs> Gundam, gun. Okay, (laughs) like I have to like sound out what I'm reading in order for it to make sense. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a idiot child when it comes to, but it's it's going well. So that's what I've been weaving. That's right, Nick. What have you been weaving? I had a couple of things. First up, I'll touch on. There's this piece in the New York Times Magazine by Sam Anderson about his guided visit to Ghibli Park outside Nagoya in Japan. Heather, I don't know if you're going to be visiting okay. yourself, but... I'm not, but I've read, <laughs> I read this piece. It's really good, and maybe we'll link it in the show notes, but the uh, I'll, I'll just read some excerpts from it, and uh, the, I'll just get into it. As an American, I know what, it's li- what it feels like to arrive at a theme park. The totalizing consumerist embrace. The blunt-forced, world-warping, escapist delight. This is a theme park's job to swallow the universe, to replace our boring, aimless, frustrating world with a new one made just for us. Imagine my confusion, then, when I arrived at Ghibli Park, Japan's long-awaited tribute to the legendary animation of Studio Ghibli. Uh, Skipping ahead. Ghibli Park was designed, as the official website puts it, in close consultation with the surrounding forest. My guides told me that, amazingly, not a single tree was cut down. Again, I thought of Disney World, which was created at the expense of whole ecosystems. Square miles denatured and paved to make way for lucrative, user-friendly worlds of plastic and metal. Ghibli Park, by contrast, is largely unchanged forest. After a while, I told my guides, only half-joking, that Ghibli Park seemed like an extremely elaborate way to lure people out into the middle of an obscure Japanese forest. Yes, they said. That is basically <laughs> correct. <laughs> it basically, it, it's it's a really fascinating thing because, you know, so much of, of, of Miyazaki's work is stridently anti-capitalist. And this is just seems like it's like, oh, this is an anti-capitalist approach, or at least like not as aggressively capitalist an approach to building a theme park. Yeah. You know, they, there isn't this, uh, this enormous... Uh, bar for entry financially. There aren't upcharges throughout. There aren't carnival games. It's basically like it's a wooded area. You walk around, and there's there's attractions that sit in with the natural world. And mostly, by the end of the piece, the uh, the uh, the the author is basically like, I got caught up in the purpose of it, which was just I was just enjoying the forest. I was just enjoying not the fictional world that was created and being inside that, but the natural world that we already inhabit. Um, but it's, it's just a really interesting read and it's, it makes me want to go there. Although there's also a, a fun nugget in it, which is uh, Miyazaki and Heather, you, you must've read this, but uh, uh, Miyazaki himself visited Disneyland at a certain point 
And he's like, God damn it, it's awesome. <laughs> he's so mad. But <laughs> <laughs> he loves it. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. But yeah. like if to that point, if they had built that here, they would have been like, Well, we gotta get this forest out of the fucking way, right? One hundred percent, yeah. No, yeah, they would have they would have cleared all of it. They would have burned it to the ground yeah. and then put it and built there's no parking at this either. You have to get in by train. And it's just like imagine an American uh, theme park with a no parking structure. Yeah. That's like that's like most of the acreage at like one of these attra- these parks is parking. There is um, a Dutch yeah. uh theme park called Efteling, which is primarily it's like a, there are amusement park rides, like full rides, right? Like a, mm-hmm. a like a haunted mansion sort of like full ride, right? But it's in just foresty, undeveloped grassland and trees. So like you kind of wander around what feels like a very large central, not as large as Central Park, but like a Central Park feeling. And then once in a while, you'll come along, come come upon a ride, and you'll be like, oh, I. I think this is a ride and go on the ride. And I like that um, philosophy of theme park. I heard of this park on podcast, the ride. Uh, They did an episode on it Mm -hmm. and it was, it it, it sounded absolutely fascinating. Again, completely contrary to the American idea of a theme park that's also been exported because, you know, there's, there's Disney sea and, and, you know, Tokyo, there's some Tokyo Disneyland. Maybe that is Disney sea in, in Japan even. So, uh, uh, but anyway, that was uh, that was one topic. The other thing I want to touch on is because we were talking about manga, I went to the Kinokuniya bookstore and I got uh, a few uh, uh, Tungoban of the Blue Lock manga. Ooh, uh, got a got a uh, got a ooh, good choice from the <laughs> checkout clerk, which is oh. always a good feeling. But I also bought this, which I think I sent you a picture of. Yes, this is the Blue Lock postcard book, still ooh. in shrink wrap, and I figured I'd open it right here and we could take a look at this together. Uh, so let me make sure to crinkle this cellophane directly into the microphone. Yeah. Because uh, I know everyone wants that. Usually when a manga-related item is in shrink wrap, there's like there's stuff that they don't want the kids looking at. So maybe we'll see some ass. It's just um, it's just <laughs> Bachira's penis. <laughs> <laughs> this is hardcover, which I didn't realize. I wow. thought it, that was just the... Yeah, this is a nice little hardcover thing. And then look, there's a there's an Isagi full page postcard. Wow, Some nice art nice. there. It's pretty, very pretty. Speaking of Bachira, unfortunately not showing them cheeks, but <laughs> that is a cool action shot. That's good. These are these are these are uh, m- meaty pages too. Uh, let's see. Uh, there's a uh, there's some not meaty in the way we want, but all right. Yeah. Though oh, these wow. are like this is like thick cardstock. This is this is really cool art. Uh, I, and I think these are intended to if you wanted to. I'm not sure if you'd ever do this, but you could remove these and uh, and use these as actual proper postcards. And if I received one of these in the mail, hey, Matt, I'd be head over heels. There's, there's, there's some chibi blue lock. Isn't that cute? Look, Look at those at guys. Them. Sweet. Very sweet. Adorable. Anyway, that's uh, that's what I got. That was fun to look at. And uh, I guess worth $30. <laughs> <laughs> you got to no, send a I... postcard to your uh, your Congress people. That's a good idea. With the blue lock, though. Yeah. Because like, you got to send one that, that's going to stand out. You know what I mean? Everybody yeah. can send like a, any kind of postcard, but you got Pachira on a postcard. They're going to be like, what is this? And make your yeah, demands. Ex- yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, let's uh, go ahead and talk about blue lock this week. Blue lock. 
Blue Lock. So we're in episode 13, which is top three, and episode 14, The Geniuses and the Average Shows. Uh, we're starting with top three, title all caps, which is Isagi, Bachira, and Nagi, the newly recruited uh, former teammate of, uh, of Mikage, right? Uh, they are Team White, and they're facing off against Itoshi, who's a, a big, uh, cocky alpha and his team red, who has two teammates, a coward guy and a glam guy. Yeah. Uh, they're three on three. It's a mini field with mini goals, and the it's first to five goals. And for each team, Blue Lock Man is uh, on their squad working in goal. Uh, they're, they're changed either red or white for the team colors, uh, to which Bachira respond, or remarks, that's cyber as hell. Cool line. <laughs> So the game gets going. Bachira passes to Nagi. Nagi sets up Isagi for a direct shot, puts him up 1-0. And I was like, oh, they're subverting kind of the format that they've had for these previous episodes, which is that they get down in a hole. And, yep. you know, Team Z has gotten down in a hole. Maybe this new squad is going to be dominant. And so they're confident uh, and they're up 1-0. But then Itoshi, who is on the other team, is like, I'm going to die from boredom. And this is what you're referencing, Heather. Uh, you see this as a game. I see this as a battlefield. And we get this full, like, full frame shot of just like carnage on the soccer field. Like his visualization of, you know, rubble uh, and uh, uh, destruction. And he's standing amidst it with the soccer ball, which is cool. Cool art. Really, really cool. I, I wasn't the one who referenced that it was, that was Matt. That I was Matt. Wanted, I'm sorry. That was Matt. I don't I'm sorry. ever want to take credit for something that Matt said. I didn't well, mean to wrongly attribute. I, 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 I'm sorry, Matt. What did I say? Oh no! So <laughs> Itoshi goes, takes the ball from the kickoff <laughs> at midfield, kicks it straight into the opposing goal while they're distracted, and it's one-one. Can I just remark that Blue Lock as a keeper, kind of throughout these two episodes, seems pretty useless. Oh, Blue Lock like he was, yeah, Blue Lock man. He seems like yeah. he was doing work in the training exercises, but here he's just kind of like. A warm body and goal. He's letting him go. He's letting him s s slip right by him. I guess so, but I guess he, you don't want him to be too good, right? Maybe they just, maybe they just cranked his uh, you know ability level down to like you know just under medium or something. But maybe that's actually the proof of their power and the proof of their skills that they're actually able to circumvent how good Blue Lockman is. Could right? be, yeah. Uh, it, it Toshi calls them NPCs, which is a funny insult. Such a that is such a unique burn. I'm going to yeah. start saying that. To, imagine saying that to somebody. It'd be devastating if they knew what you meant. It unfortunately like, was an alt-right meme yeah, for a little an, bit. Oh, yeah. really? Oh, yeah. bummer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, They take everything good. <laughs> um, I want to be I'm chugging not. milk. <laughs> what? Oh. I can name so many cereals. <laughs> So anyway, so the it it, it the, unfortunately NPC is an alt right meme, uh, but he does say this as an insult. And are you the gra the glam guy uh, in the midst of this? He is super long. He's got long hair, and he's also got long limbs. Yeah. and he uses that to steal the ball, and he scores another goal. Now they're up. Team Red is up two one. I gotta say, I love the glam guy. Glam guy is yeah. great. I hope glam guy survives. I have a feeling he won't, but I would love to see glam guy continue to thrive. Such a funny. Like character, like because yeah, yeah, there's not a lot of characters who their thing is I'm long. <laughs> like <laughs> everything about him is long. It's good, huge asset. Length yeah. is big. Length goes a long way. And and also I just like it's it's you know because this is the thing of you got to use some sort of shorthand to characterize all of these. Yes, because there's so many characters. Mm -hmm. so you're just like, all right, this guy's got black fingernails and he says things are glam. Great. Yeah, that's enough. <laughs> 
So now there's another guy, uh, Tokimitsu, and he's the third guy on Team Red. He's a coward. He's the scared guy who's like, I don't know how I got here. Uh, kind of reminds me of, of like uh, Tweak from South Park. Sure. He's just like, feels, he's like, ah, this is too much pressure. He's, uh, also, his whole th- uh, he's, he's a little Morty. Sure. Yeah, yeah it's kind a little of. Morty for sure. Yeah. Yeah. He's so funny. He's very funny. <laughs> but in addition to kind of being like, you know, a little cowardly, he's also slippery, he's strong. And that's what Isagi experiences. He's, a, he's like, oh, he's so strong. That's where my, uh, you know, self-proclaimed came from. He's, Isagi describes him as a bullet made of pure muscle and uh, puts him on the ground. And he ends up scoring a goal for his own. And that's uh, now they're at 3-1. Three, three and so Isagi is just like, look, I'm, I'm panicking. I don't know what's going on. This other team has no teamwork. They just met. But they all are, uh, they're all insane. And they all have their own powers. <laughs> There's nothing I can do. So this leads Nagi to be like, I got a strategy. And he also says it's the first time he's ever proposed an idea in soccer uh, because he's inspired by it, which I like that. Uh, and he's basically like, we got to just have some some other some sort of spacing or something. Uh, we got to uh, stay closer together. And so they settle on like a triangle offense where they're all going to be within 15 meters of each other at all times. Sort of, sort of have this little sort of tight little radius they are policing. And so they set up a uh, Isagi. Uh, so, but Asagi is defended. He passes as, uh, and they're going. Bachira is trying to get it to Asagi, but he's just uh, he's he's covered too tightly. So Bachira is like, "I'll give it to Nagi." Nagi gets around the glam guy, and he scores. It's three two. And then there's there's this little bit where uh, Nagi is understanding the difference between Mikage and Bachira, and he's like, "Mikage's passes would set me up to like do whatever I want." He'd be like, "Here you go. Here's the ball. Go nuts." But Bachira ba- Bachira's pass shoved an idea into my brain. And it's and it's like oh he set me up so well that now I was inspired to do what he was was expecting me to do. It's like a improv with a good partner, because sure, then yes. because like you'll often you'll you'll be self generating game or like oh I'm, I just got to keep doing this thing keep doing this thing keep doing this thing but once in a while you'll 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 play with somebody who's also setting you up for shit constantly mm-hmm. and it's a it's a it's a pretty good feeling the difference between you know. Uh, carrying your own weight or yeah. distributing that weight evenly among the people on stage. I also like there's the, there's something, you know, it it, it reminds me of basketball, like someone who throws a really good alley-oop or something, or mm. just someone who is like able yep. to get the ball. The, 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 the basketball has moved towards a lot more three-point shooting in the past decade. And so like a big thing is catch and shoot three-pointers. And so there's a player, a player like Nikola Jokic, who was a center for the Denver Nuggets and and perhaps the best passer in the game today. He's also seven feet tall, so that's like its own like advantage. Mm. So he's this big shack size center who'll get the ball in the middle. Uh, and you know, he could score go up and, and score, but he sees a guy open in the corner for a three pointer and it'll give him a perfectly on point pass where the guy can literally just it just goes into his hands and he's able to take the shot uh in one motion. Uh, yeah, that sort of that sort of skill is invaluable, and that's uh, that's Bachira's uh, special sauce. That's his monster, I guess, that he's able to be a, a a premier assist man. So Itoshi sees them kind of chatting again. Itoshi, the 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 bad guy on the other team, the guy who's like, I don't don't really give a shit about anything. I'm going to win regardless. Uh, he takes another shot on goal from kickoff, but Asagi is like, I got my big monster is awareness. Yes, so I knew it was coming. 
and he goes and he blocks it. He heads it out of, out of the way, and that sets up a corner kick. A nice, nice shot. Mm-hmm. The thing about corner kicks is, and I know this from watching some World Cup, but like that's like a big thing in, in soccer is like set plays, right? It's either corner kicks or free kicks, and it feels like a lot of goals are scored off of those two situations. And so, like, you get a, it's, it, there's a little bit of out of the frying pan into the fire, I feel like, when you, you know, when you, when you get, deflect a, a ball past the goal line. I, I imagine it's called the goal line, whatever the fuck it's called in, on a soccer field. And then the other team's now going to get a corner kick. It's like, oh, well, I may have given them now an even better opportunity to score, to score, even though I prevented this one goal. And that's what we lead to. So, Itoshi is taking the corner kick, everyone's position for the set piece. Itoshi kicks a ball which has top spin on it, which looks really cool. By the way, a little thing that that I, I imagine the ball is done with a is is a computer generated element. I think it's a three D element, but you know they they do a really good job with like the rotation, uh, the spinning, the physics of the ball movement, and it, and it sits in really well with the more traditionally animated character art. They really do because like there's a couple of times in this one. I I was a little more aware of like the animation cheats that sure you can do like where it's like a still image of like Isagi, but it's moving like into the corner or whatever just like to convey movement. I was like, oh, that's like they didn't want to draw him actually moving, so they just kind of made him go a little bit just to save a little time maybe. But then they'll have something like that, like the ball or whatever, and be like, well, that's look at that, that's nice. It's got some pizzazz, and yeah. it's also, you know, it's it's a it's li- less labor intensive. I feel like yeah, I if hope you're, so. you've got that as a 3D element. Uh, anyway, it, it looks great. It sits in nicely, and this top spin goal uh, goes directly into the the top spin top spin goal is is taken from the corner, goes directly into the corner of the net, which seems impossible physically. And Asagi is like calculating. He's like, wait, if I, I should have stood over there. But what if I'd stood over there? That would have left this other post, the near post, completely open. There's, and he kind of just, it seems like he realizes there's nothing I could have done. Mm. Because, guys, that's that, that good. He just would have scored and put them up 4 2. So that's where we're at 4 2. Team White has one more attack in them. Bachira is like, okay, I'm going to get Asagi the ball. Uh, Asagi is marked by Itoshi. Itoshi taunts him and is like, you don't know how human eyes work, however he phrases that. <laughs> yeah. Which is very funny because he was able to t- anticipate where he was going to be. Yeah, well, he sees he sees like an open space yeah. behind his, behind the guy who's marking him, and he's like, oh, God, I got it. I got it. I fucking, I can see how to get to this goal. And his, and the guy goes, you, you don't know how eyeballs, how eyeballs work. Yeah. It's also like of how dumb it's really inconsistently stupid of Isagi to be looking at some place and be like, "Oh, I can get there." And expect that his defender is not also going to see where he's looking. Yeah. Yeah, it, I wonder. It sort of makes me question his power, his monster, <laughs> because he says that his monster is awareness and that his that's his like main thing. But time and time again, He's proven himself to be unaware in some other way. Yeah. He he's still got his blind spots. Yeah. I think also there's an element of you know, he was aware of that area like he just like cuz part of the awareness is not is is calculating 
like thinking of what you don't see and where and anticipating where everyone's going to be. And this dude's just like a step ahead of him. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he ends up taking the ball. Uh, Itoshi Isagi is like basically has that moment where he's like, oh, shit, it wasn't me controlling the field all times. It was Itoshi. Even when I scored my goal, like it wasn't I didn't wasn't controlling the field. He was. And Itoshi scores. Team Red wins 5-2. Now here's what happens. Rough. That shocks me. Yes. I will say that like I, w- I was like, okay, I know where this is going. I know what's going to happen here. This is going to be a this is the, what I thought was going to be happen is like they're going to poach Nagi. They're going to have the super team. Uh and now we're going to be in a situation where Bachira and uh, you know, and Isagi are gonna be like, well shit, if we lose one of us, one of these one of the super friends is going home. That's not what happens. They poach Bachira. They're like, he's the best passer. And we don't we don't we only have individuals here. We need someone who can make the team gel. We want Bachira. He's the best passer. And uh, he fucking joins their squad. It felt those are the rules. It was like a little like sad romantic, like if you if you want me back, you're gonna have to come get me. Like a little, yes, little yeah. sassy, like bitchy, like yeah. I'm going on a date with somebody else, so what are you gonna fucking do? Fight for yeah. me. But also, but also, like Fajira's like got a hint of like, and if you're not good enough to do it, I don't give a fuck. I'm listening yeah. to the monster inside me, yes, and I'm gonna yeah. go get this ball. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I love it. Dramatically, yeah. I love it. Yeah, yeah. it rocks. It's the yeah. perfect, it's like such an anime thing. It's so perfect. Yeah. Yep. So now the team is the unlikely duo of Isagi and Nagi. And that's where we're at at the end of this episode. Uh, uh, other, th- other thoughts on what's happened? Anything I missed? I liked, oh. I liked this as a, a dramatic turn. I, you know, I'm interested to see, yeah, well... This next one, of course, but then I want I, I I hope he get I hope he can win him back. We're gonna see. Yeah, there they, they. I feel like a showdown will will be happening in the future. Something that maybe branches these two episodes together is that this mm-hmm. episode thirteen ends with a new song That's that right. then is the intro to the new to, to the next episode. We got a new OP that debuts as the end credits theme here. I like it. I really like it, it too. It has a, to me, a, um, a, like a mid-2000s sort of, um, well, maybe early 2010s sort of indie rock style. Maybe, I'm specifically Mm. thinking of, everyone who's listening to this is going to be like, maybe. Maybe Matt's right. Arctic Monkeys' second album. Interesting. That's what I'll say about this. Mm, mm. Somebody tell me I'm right in the comments. Okay. You're right. I'll tell you. Oh, hey, I like thanks, I Heather. like this uh, song better than the other song, but I like the opening animation less. I think that's fair, which we see in the next uh, the the next episode. Yes. Yeah. Uh, by the way, the only uh, Arctic monkey I know is a uh, Funky Kong and Donkey Kong uh, Tropical Freeze. Uh, and we have additional time. Go. Here. <laughs>
the additional time is from Tokimitsu, who is the coward's uh, point of view, and it's just seeing how the team red got uh, uh, like uh, knotted up. He meets Aryu. It's it's basically like he meets Aryu. He's like this guy's weird, and then he meets Satoshi. He's like this guy's also this guy's weird and worse. Um, <laughs> but then they make a team. Funny little funny little skit. I like it because it it answered a question I wasn't asking, but was happy to know the answer to. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> I wasn't like, how'd these guys get together? But there you go. It's a good way of using this as like, hey, we're just going to fill in some gaps here. But if you just put this in the normal flow of an episode, it would feel disruptive. Yes. Yeah, that, I, I think they're these are these are fun little vignettes. Uh, any other thoughts on episode 13, top three? No, nope. let's, so, no. let's move on to episode 14, The Geniuses and the Average Joes. We have the new OP, which we just talked about, the new opening. And then we begin with Asagi and Nagi. And uh, Sagi is upset. He's like hopeless. This is their their. I, w- I want to say backstage, but it's not backstage. They're in the locker room. Yeah, it's um, it's, it's locker room talk. Yeah, it's a little lock. Hey, <laughs> the I- locker room talk. <laughs> I you know as surprised as you were about um the sort of dramatic turn at the end of the last episode, mm-hmm. I was surprised at the narrative turn, like the 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 dudes get in each other's face in this scene. Yes, yeah, and I was like. Huh. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have seen that coming. It's pretty good. Well, Naki's introduction is so he's so lethargic and yeah. he's so like, I don't give a shit and I'm just about the conservation of energy and you know, work to live, not live to work. But now he's getting fired up. He's experienced loss, he's experienced, you know, failure and he just he's just like I don't like that feeling and and he's basically uh you know, Isagi is is dealing with his own feelings of inadequacy. He's like hopeless. Uh, he's like, if they if we lose again, the other team's gonna pick Nagi. I'll just be out. And Nagi grabs his hair and is like, you can't act negative. And he's also like, Mikage wouldn't do this. And then this is and speaking of kind of like romantic tension, like, you know, uh, he's like, don't compare me to your ex. You know, don't compare me to Mikage. Yeah. And Nagi's like, that's the only guy I played with. What do you want from me? It's all all feels like surrogate for relationship talk. Yeah. And yeah. then they're they're both pointing out a similar thing within each other though, like because he's like, you only know how to play soccer the way you know how to play soccer because people set you up to do that. But like right. you're actually yes. not, you can't do it without anybody else. Yes, they're, that's what they're both sort of experiencing. You yeah. can't do anything without Makage. I can't do anything without Bachira. They both have something to prove. It, they could have kissed, and they yeah. should have. I'd be I'd be fine with uh, the show just leaning further into fully into homoeroticism. <laughs> it's almost there. Nagi and Asagi uh, are just realizing the second selection is all about testing their individual skills. And so, look, we got you know we could we we were yes we were like as Matt was saying we were relying on teammates, uh, but we got to just figure out how to do things one on one, and that leads to Baro, the big buff dude, the king comes in. He's super cocky, just like Atoshi, but a lot more aggro. This dude's hair is fucking ridiculous. It's crazy. Love his big hair. Love his tall hair. He has like a, a big triangle of hair on top of his head. Yeah, Johnny Bravo style almost. Yeah. Yeah, kind of reminds me of uh, of Waka from Final Fantasy X. Mm-hmm. Same yep, sort of thing. Yep. Big pillar. So they are, so he's in there. He's just talking shit. He's talking shit about Nagi. Nagi talks shit back. And then we get Naruhaya, who is Naruhaya is one of Isagi's Team Z teammates, just kind of like one of those guys who's just like kind of around, didn't have like a lot of, of, of really any any too too many big moments, 
Um, but now he's uh, becoming pretty pretty central. So he was on a three-man team with Barrow and another player, Nishioka. The winning team, despite Barrow scoring four goals, the winning team was like, Barrow's too selfish, and they took Nishioka. And so it's the th- it's the two of them yet left, uh, just like Asagi and Nagi, kind of this odd couple dynamic. And they're like, by, like, look, we could have a match, but by the rules, we have to wait 24 hours for a match. And here again, I thought I knew where this arc was going. I was like, I think I know what's going to happen here. I think we're going to be in a situation where, you know, this is going to be, Isagi is going to have to make a choice and boy, it's going to be painful, but it goes, it, it subverts that a little bit. I think that's a big thing that the show does effectively. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure that's in the, 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 the manga itself, which is kind of like setting you up for like, okay, you think you're ahead of it. And then it just kind of subverts things, takes a little bit of a left turn. Um, and maybe people pr- could predict where these things are going, but I think it does a good job of just kind of mixing it up a little bit, just your expectations just a little bit in both its setup and payoff. So Asagi and Nagi go to talk. Nagi's like, look, we should pick Borrow. Or we should fight Borrow. Uh, we should battle that team so we can pick Borrow if we win. And we're both reliant on passing. Again, as we talked about earlier, we got to win one-on-one. Uh, this is when they're kind of talking back in their dorm rooms, their dorm room setup. And in the midst of this, uh, one of my favorite moments for these two episodes, Nagi just falls asleep. And he just like starts taking a nap. I would. I wish I could go out like a light like that. You ever know anyone who could just like sleep like that, sleep anywhere at any time, just instantly? My, my dad. Yeah, it's skill I envy. My girlfriend. Yeah, falls asleep at the drop of a hat. It's so funny, and she'll be fully present a second before, and then just be knocked out. It's great. Yeah, yeah. Not me. No, it's a fucking couldn't, ordeal. I gotta have a ritual. Couldn't be me. I gotta talk about like. I gotta have like a. a therapist i'm talking with about sleep hygiene and shit fucking sucks just let me fall asleep <laughs> you anyway dirty sleeper <laughs> so uh, he sleeps like a mummy yeah. <laughs> great line <laughs> i also we got the li- cat- i also like that when they get into their dorm room they're like oh this looks like a fucking prison cell which is what i yes. yeah Referenced with my uh, self-proclaimed, because it is—it's a horrible little room. It really is. And speaking of of prison life, they're in the cafeteria now, and now they're all getting the shit meal. They're getting the natto and pickled radishes. Masagi's um, like, I'm used to it, but Nagi's like, this sucks. And they just kind of have a discussion here, and they're like, Look, we could battle a weak team, and we could win, mm-hmm. but then we're going to get a weaker player, and that's going to be harder to advance further. We have to take the risk, the calculated risk of battling a strong team so we can poach one of the strongest players. But they also realize every other team is super competitive. They're all alphas. They're all going to be thinking the same way. So this leads to some training. Uh, Isagi is training with Blue Lockman. Naruhaya enters. And he's like, look, they're in the same boat. Neither of us is going to be picked if we lose. If our team loses, my team loses, they're going to, Barrow is going to advance and I'm going home. Yeah. If your team loses, they're going to pick Nagi, and you're going home. So we can't play it safe. Let's fight each other and put our dreams on the line. You know, I haven't watched ahead. Mm-mm, it occurs to me that if Asagi and Nagi win, they should choose the the least, the 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 little wiry dude instead of Baro. Naruhaya? Because he'll be a larger threat in the end game. Mm. 
maybe that's what will happen. Maybe that's the that's a possibility. But I kind of almost, yeah. I it, certainly at this point they're setting it up like okay, they're going to try to win and they're going to try to get Baro on their team. Um, so they're all like, okay, Isagi and Nagi are now training. Uh, Isagi and Nagi are just like he's ah, fucking. He can't even deal with it with Nagi one on one. But they can't really figure out how to they're going to use their individual skill sets, but they do agree they need to best borrow individually. And then we get to the game. And Nagi and Baro are taunting each other. Uh, Baro steals the ball from Nagi and takes a shot, not from 27 meters, which is his range, mm-hmm. that Isagi knows. No, not from, it's from 28 meters? No, 29 meters. And he scores. Baro is evolving. Pokemon language enters the episode. Yes. A 1-0 Team Red, 1-0 Team Red. That was really exciting. <laughs> um, <laughs> like truly, I was like, "Oh, like oh, he did it from further." Um, like because mm-hmm. that's it's 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 adding stakes to something that already has pretty decently high stakes, right? And so the the way the rest of this plays out is truly very exciting and and and, and cool. It's fun stuff. So okay, so the, then we lead to the next the thing that happens in the match, which is uh, Isagi gets the ball. He can't get past Naruhaya. He wants to pass it to Nagi. He can't pass it precisely. So Nagi's like, you know what? Just put it in my direction. Put it in my vicinity. And so he kind of kicks this awkward-looking ball that lands a little bit distant from uh, Nagi. doesn't seem to set him up well. Borrow's making fun of the pass. Like, what the fuck kind of pass is that? Mm -hmm. But the effect is it gives Nagi space to maneuver. And since his formula involves first touch plus getting behind his opponents or whatever it is, He's able to uh, get control, uh, get in position, and score 1-1. And you know what? Nagi is also evolving. Yes. And Asagi's like, I can't handle how fast they're evolving. I know. He's like, I don't, I'm running out of rare candies here. They're evolving so fast. They're... I think of... <laughs> <laughs> but the, the other thing, though, too, is that I love I love the language in this show so much. Like just the way that they've the way they describe certain things. Like Nagi is like, I have a new formula, yeah. right? And, and it's illustrated it. with three puzzle pieces, yes, joining yeah. together. And I'm like, that's so funny. Like it's just so different. In in, 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 in but you know exactly what they're talking about. So it's 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 great. Totally great. I I wish anything in my life would come together in my head that way. A hundred percent. Once. Yes. Like everything is is a an experience of vulnerability, insecurity and then execution and the same cycle repeats. Like there is no point at which I'm like that's fucking it. All right. Mhm. It's always from it's always going to be well, I uh I hope that worked. I don't know. Yeah. I kind of have my formula which is a uh, wordplay plus increased volume equals guaranteed laugh. <laughs> it works for me, baby. Yeah. I was going to say I that. know exactly. Not sure that works, dude. <laughs> you know, teach their own. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out my formula. <laughs> uh, I'm going to keep it taking cracks at it. Here's what, I was, what I'm going to say is what you just talked about, Heather, I think that's a big part of why Isagi is such a relatable protagonist is because his big thing he's dealing with, his character flaw, if you will, is just feelings of inadequacy. 
He's just constantly like, I'm not good enough. I have to work harder. I have to be better. And then even when he improves, he's like, oh, my God, I can't believe who I'm up against. I can't believe in this competitive field, there's just no way I can stand out because everyone else seems to have a better grip on it than I do. And, uh, yeah, it's 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 one thing I, I like about this show. Uh, in addition to all of it, all the I like all of it. So no, now Barrow gets the ball. This is before the kickoff goal. He gets another thing where he gets uh, he's getting double teamed. Uh, Isagi's like he's the king. He's not going to pass. So they are able to steal the ball from him. Uh, Narahaya gives Nagi a wide berth, and then Isagi is able to pass it to Nagi, uh, who scores again two one team white. And then Barrow takes a shot from kickoff, just like uh, in the previous episode with uh, Itoshi, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but Blue Lockman finally earns his paycheck, saves a goal. I think doesn't Barrow just hit the hit the fucking pole? I don't. Does he hit the pole? I thought he got. I thought he got deflected by Blue Lockman. I'm not sure. I I I okay. saw it as a pole hit, but maybe it's Blue Lockman's like, no, you can't. I can. And this see is how people coming. fail upwards in in the corporate world there's you know, something <laughs> a roadblock will occur and then somebody will take credit for it you know <laughs> uh so narahaya gets the rebound though from the save and he gets he beats asagi to it he passes it back to Baro. now it's 2-2 and asagi again is just like you know feelings of inadequacies like these two guys can score at will so this game's going to come down to me versus narahaya and this is where shit really gets taken up a notch Naruhaya goes up to him. His friend, his Team Z teammate, and is like, do you know I wanted to play you? And Asagi's like, yeah, he wanted to recruit Nagi. He's like, yeah, sure. That's part of it. But mainly, it's because we thought we could beat you specifically. So cold. And with the fucking spiral eyes. Yes. When those yeah. spiral eyes hit. Yeah, his, you know shit's getting crazy. His monster is <laughs> trash talking. Like yeah. that's that's what we learned. His power is is like, oh man, I oh. know exactly what to say to ruin this guy's day. What's my yeah. monster? Huh, it's being a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Narahai is like, look, we're on Team Z together. I know all your strengths. I know all your weaknesses, and I know that you rely on others. And so I knew we could beat you. Uh, and this leads to Narahaya intercepting a pass from Isagi to Nagi. Gets the ball to Baro. Baro passes to Narahaya, and Isagi is like, wait a minute, now I remember from Team Zed. His weapon, his monster, is getting behind. Uh, and that's what he just did. He got behind us, and he takes a shot, and as the episode ends, with that shot head hurling towards goal, Isagi's like, I can't even beat Narahaya. can't beat this guy. Ugh. There you go. Real low point for the man. Uh, other thoughts on this episode? So I know that they're setting up this dramatic thing, right? Like where it's looking like he's not going to pull out of this slump and then eventually get maybe removed from Blue Lock. Uh-huh. But he's the main guy, right? He can't lose. I mean, he could. He but- could, and there's some other dramatic development that happens. I, you know, that yeah. that's a possibility. Who knows? He- there's some other rule that we didn't, we don't know about yet. I, I've seen anime where a protagonist like fucking eats it. Yeah, we watched like, the entire one. The f- Neon the- Genesis Evangelion. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's gonna pull through. Oh, the world's ending. Oh, no, well, yeah. <laughs> everything he's just from start. His friend. The yeah. end. <laughs> from, from start to finish, and nothing gets better. <laughs> <laughs> but it's I, I I'm enjoying it. I I really liked these two quite a bit actually. So yeah, uh, I'm excited yeah. to see uh, the next two. Yeah, me where too. I real where. 
to to get back to my thought and and you know how this this kind of uh, this the show got ahead of me. I really thought what we were going to lead to is that it was going to be a match between these two teams, and Naruhaya was just going to be a good guy the whole time, and it was going to be the point where they had to make the choice, and Asagi had to be like, "I'm sorry, I picked Baro," and then Naruhaya was like devastated, and he was dealing with like, "I can't believe I had to betray this teammate," but it goes a completely different direction, and we get this heel turn from Naruhaya, uh, which is a lot of fun. Uh, the additional time here. Is all about uh, Bachira, our, our guy Butt Chikra. Uh, <laughs> in the buff, he's freaking out, coward guy. Uh, and he's like, ah, oh, what are you doing? I can't believe you're naked. And and uh, Glam guy's like, dude, it's uh, whatever, but you know, just cover up the front or whatever. And Bachira's just like, feels good, man. Basically, that's his attitude. And Glam guy's like, all right, fuck it, sure. It's <laughs> such go. a it's such a move to be like, you're Starts naked. Disrobing. I know yeah. what I'll do. Take my shirt off. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Again, the show should lean into it fully. It, it basically is like it. Yeah, it, but everybody, <laughs> the panicked guy is so like, oh god, ah, oh! yeah. And then uh, what's the other guy's name? Uh, Rin. Yeah, the glam guy is. Hold on, I had his name up here a second. I've I've lost I track of everyone's name. Well, no, is Rin, Rin is the the brother of the other guy, right? Oh, right, 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 right. Uh, he's like, I'm the only normal one here, and they're like, what? <laughs> Yes. Yeah, that's fun. These were so good. I, I loved these. Good episodes. Great, a lot of fun. Great fun. The show continues yeah. to deliver. But boy, does it make me want to watch Naruto. I tell you, I'm going to be, hey, you can do that. That's within your power. How the fuck am I going to have time to do that? I'm, I don't fucking know. I have to watch this while brushing my teeth in order to, to like <laughs> fit it into my schedule. The power briefly went out at my place uh, this morning because of the inclement weather, and I finished watching episode 14 on my phone. Wow. wow. That's wild. Yeah, I had to do it. Well, look, those were our thoughts on episodes 13 and 14. But last week, we covered episodes 11 and 12. That's right. We're going sequential here. It's time for your thoughts on those episodes, which were the final piece and the second selection, as we get to Chain Reactions, Blue Talk. 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 It's, people are liking it. It's I gotta good. say, people like it. I like it. It's fun people, to do. It's fun yeah. to say. It's fun yeah. to hear. Yeah. I like hearing you guys do it. I like doing it myself. I agree. It's good all around. <laughs> One of those rare things where from every angle, it's good. All wins. All victories. <laughs> it's just a, it's a massive W, the likes of which has never been seen. 100%. Um, so here we go. Here's some blue talk. This one's from Greg Rouse. Hi, Greg. Emily. Hi, Greg. Absolutely loving Blue Talk. Nick, stop complaining about the pacing. It's a great show. And then uh, there's a... Wow. <laughs> wow! But then there's a thread. And then uh, Xavier Poraz says, the pacing is bad. <laughs> and Samuel Greer right, says, Xavier. the pacing is sports anime. So, you know, there's a lot of sure. talk about the pace. And it's fine. So, Nick, you're not wrong. No one's wrong is the thing. Everyone's right. What's great is we get everyone's feedback here. 
on Blue Talk. <laughs> yeah, I know that it's called Blue Talk. Blue Talk. But we value both sides' opinions on this one. Yeah, both sides. Great people on both sides. <laughs> okay, here's another one from uh, PBR Hipster 420. What's nice. up? Frequent commenter. Good What's comments. PBR? Great comments. I love how Nagi is just like deuces and leaves the guy that introduced him to soccer and is the only reason he's there. <laughs> it is it is pretty savage to think about. Imagine yeah. uh I mean I don't even I can't even come up with an example. It's utterly it it is cruel. It's a thing that happens in sports. Yeah. It like a, like absolutely happens with player movement and and professional sports of just like abandoning someone you have a long standing bond with just because you have a better chance of winning in a different situation or more money. So I I mean I like it. I I also think it it like tracks with Nagi's personality but also it just creates a great narrative dynamic. It really it really does. It is betrayal yeah, is so it's such so such fertile ground for a fucking drama. And it's like it's it's it is a betrayal, but it's also like it's one sided kind of because the other guy doesn't sure. really think he's Nagi doesn't think he's done anything really. He's just like right. um, he's he's like a computer in that like he's just always like trying to optimize his experience in general. So he's just like, oh, well, I'll just go do that. I'll go with you guys. That's yeah, a clear like path. He, my ego is telling me to do it, so I'm gonna do it. Yeah, you know? and you're good. You'll be back. We'll be back together soon. It's right. like okay. Yeah. Uh, but you know. It's 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 got to be tough to be on the other side of that. Uh, it's pretty ice cold. It's it's like if Matt was offered a a podcasting place on IGN, yeah, and he just went, "I have to see what I'm capable of," and just like left. We'd be like, "But I thought we were a trio. Like yeah. we're a trio of soccer." Matt's it's just ho- hosting the giant bombcast now. I mean- <laughs> I get I, it, but also I don't get it. I thought of the same analogy, but I don't know. I don't know what, uh, why, but I didn't say it because I couldn't handle even the joke that you guys would be like, "Well, that's okay." <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's nice to hear it from somebody else. Um, this next one is from Edward Aliaga. Now that the main character has figured out how to perfect his weapon, he seems to be unstoppable. Have you ever had a moment like that where you figured out how to do something uh, and then felt unstoppable? If not, then what do you wish you could be unstoppable at? I, I mean, question. to me, that's a, that's a that's a video game sensation. If I figure out something and I just like, oh, I I like I figured out this fucking cuphead boss. I got this guy. I get through with perfect parries. No, you know, no damage and a fucking S rank. I just feel like I'm walking on the on clouds. It's it's the greatest feeling. I've had that feeling a couple times. I've I've talked endlessly about Sekiro as I'm gradually making my way through it, like it's a Tolstoy novel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I have had, I've had a few moments with that and and a, and a recent boss where it just kind of clicked with me, and I just fucking went through and and I wasn't even really using gourd charges. I was just like going through and parrying everything and dodging everything and getting my hits in. Uh, and never really felt like I was in peril. 
Uh, and and so yeah, when you get, I I, th- I think that's that moment where you go from thought to flow, right? It's like I go from understanding, I go from an intellectual understanding of what I need to do to being able to put into practice what I have to do, and those moments are really really satisfying. But I, I yeah, I don't want to just think. I know that the question is not just about video games, but that's what where my mind went. I the first thing I thought of because I do. I make all of our meals here in my household. The first thing that came to mind was like a recipe that I like have repeated a lot. Like I used to have like when I make stuff, I'll I'll look at a recipe pretty heavily, right? And I'll um like even if I make it the next time and the next time I'll be like, well, wait, what did it say? Is it this? How long do I have to put this in the oven for or whatever? Whatever. Now. I have like a catalog of recipes in my head where I don't even look at my phone or like uh, the note that I have anymore that uh, says like the instructions. I can just do it now. So that was like the first thing that I thought. I was like, I w- it'd be nice to just master, like make something good without a recipe at all. First try. That'd be a banger. Who wouldn't love that? Tasty food whenever you want. That's, that's like great. a professional chef thing though. Like that's like, yes. that's your life's work is... You know, and I feel like a lot of those t- times they're like, it's a bunch of of misfires before you figure it out. You're iterating on a recipe till it's it clicks. I I feel like parrying in a from game is the closest I could ever come <laughs> to feeling like I'd done anything in my life. Mm-hmm. That's it. It's just like if you if you can the first time you can read, um, uh, like a skeleton swing, and you're like. Boom, mm-hmm. and you get that nice bass note, and then you stab them. Like, Ooh. that's it's succulent, lush. <laughs> yes. It is a it is a robust and noble feeling. Um, nothing else in my life compares. I've never mastered anything. <laughs> it, it is a it is a truly mm-hmm. great feeling, and I kind of don't. I, I mean, I envy their craft and being able to get that feeling get, have the players feel that because it is it's it's really impressive when it's working and you feel like you're really doing something you're really accomplishing something for doing what the game wants you to do uh which is i don't know it's a, it's it's a pretty rad feat of design but yeah th- those are those those moments like cuz cuz Sekiro you can't you can't really mash your way through anything but you can get you can kind of if you're in a pinch you can kind of feather the parry and there's a, enough of a window where you can you know do okay but like when like I'm I'm not at that like when you're past that point and it's just like I'm not flailing here I'm not hoping that my the parry window lines up with when these attacks land I know when they're going to land and you know I'm not even thinking about it I just see this animation and I know when to time it uh, so I can get my perfect parry in, uh, and uh, and 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 uh, break this, uh, uh, you know, break this fucker's posture. It's it's an incredible feeling, like you're just saying, Heather. It's very satisfying. Ooh, I'm gonna have to get back in another uh, FromSoft game and, and, and experience this. I've I've only messed around with Elden Ring, uh, but I got a and a little bit of Dark Souls, um, the first one, and a little bit of Demon Souls, I guess. But I want to. It's for a different podcast, but uh, yeah, this is I, an I, anime I got, podcast. What yeah, are we yeah. Doing? talk about we don't talk about yeah. shit here. No, no, that nerd stuff. No, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be sick. 
I'm here for fucking anime, not your dumbass video game. Yeah, you I think I'd like both these things. What the sh- fuck are you talking about? You must be out of your freaking mind if you think somebody could even like both. Yeah, I'm disgusted. Zero overlap in that Venn diagram. No, yeah, it's it's two separate circles on yes. two different sheets of paper. Yeah, I'm getting I'm getting mad. This next one, <laughs> blue talk, blue talk. Is from is from Riley Fischel. No doubt. <laughs> Excuse me, Riley Flischel. And they write, I love the shift in theme from the first selection to the second. The first selection was basically just, can you use your weapon to win the game? But now they are testing something else. How much are you desired? You can pass the second selection by winning... You can pass the second selection by winning your mini-matches, of course, but you can also pass by never winning a match as long as you're continually chosen by the winning team to advance. In this case, being wanted on a winning team is as important as actually winning. Interesting Wait. observation. Wh- what? Because hmm. of the structure of it. It's yes. three by, 3v3. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You, can, you can lose. You can keep losing and going down to 2v2 and get picked every time and make your way up to eventually make your way to, to, to the end. The odds yep. are less in your favor. Yeah. Right. Because you lost, so now you have a one in three shot of uh, a thirty-three percent shot of uh, like moving forward. But if you're like well liked and uh, know that they're like the other team knows what your skill is or whatever, you could in theory in- advance without right. winning. Yeah. Uh, which is it's how I get by, baby. No, it's cool. It's a, it's a nice. It's, it's, it, it varies up what we're doing and it, or what, what, what's happening in the anime. I mean, just, just by changing the rules of the, uh, of this sort of fake reality series. I, I, I love it. Um, it's great. Two, two more, real quick. This mm-hmm. one's from Kevin Ela. Hi, friends. I just want to say new trigon. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Blue talk. Hi, Kevin. Blue talk. <laughs> Hi friends, I just want to say I just want to say New Trigun is entirely breakneck action and Evangelion. 12 wow. episode first season just ended and I can't recommend it enough. Thanks for the wow. wreck. I Holy love shit. This. Okay. I love this. I'll check it out. Trigun Stampede, is that what it is? What are, what are we looking at? I it, 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 it all it says is New Trigun. So whatever the most recent Trigun series, it must be Trigun Stampede. It's the first thing that comes up. Uh that's because his name is Vash the Stampede. Oh, Very I got cool. a lot to learn about Trigon. Yeah, looks There's good. A gun involved, possibly three. Possibly. Well, I would hope that's as many. Yeah. Only, only, only that. Um, this looks good. I can look. I can get into this. Good to know. Good to know. Thanks for the. I'll check it out. Thanks for the wreck, uh, Kevin. And then finally, from Rachel, Blue Doc. Hi, Rachel. Blue dog. <laughs> Blue dark. I tried really hard to get into this show, and it's just not for me. I have been having a blast listening to the podcast, though. It sounds more epic and fun listening to you three discuss it than sitting and trying to watch it without looking at my phone. 10 out of 10 for this podcast and its hosts. Hey, that's pretty nice. Thanks, Rachel. That's really nice. We're doing a good I job. Would, I think there's probably... Boy, it uh, of the recent episodes, is there one... I mean, top three is pretty good. 
episode we we just talked about episode 13 top three and episode 14, yeah the geniuses and the average shows i'm just i'm just trying to think of a, a, maybe a point to be like hey maybe watch this one and see if you can get back into it i i feel like if it's not for you don't force it there's That's tons true. of anime out there and if like if i was a uh exclusively a mech person i might be like eh, but i'm i'm into anime because of the robots and this doesn't give me that so sure. whatever it is that's giving you anime joy then then follow that bliss. We're going to die someday. So what like don't what? waste your time on a soccer anime that you don't want to watch. Yeah, but wait, thank what, you Heather? for listening to the show. Thank you for uh, thank you for listening to the show. Thank you Rachel. Yes, thank Great you. to have you. But I just got some really bad news from Heather, I guess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh but, and that's it for uh, this week's Blue Talk. Send Blue us your talk. Blue Talk, Blue Talk. Send us your uh your comments and your thoughts about episodes 13 and 14. We'll read it on the show next week. And next week we're covering obviously episodes 15 and 16. So uh, sequentially we will be covering Devour and Trifusion. Watch along or don't and check out that episode. Until then, you're going to die, which means <laughs> you got animated. <laughs>